This role-playing game out in 2004 returns to the world of Azeroth, where heroes like Leroy Jenkins do battle. That was the Jeopardy clue to World of Warcraft, and this is Big Red Potion. Inescapable host, Sinan Kubber, staff writer and associate editor for the Game Reviews, and a level 62 Blood Elf Mage. And I'm joined as always by the man who put the Little Big into Little Big Planet, TGR Previews Director Joseph Delia. And Joseph is a... A level 3 human warrior from Elwyn Forest. Oh, congrats. Level 3. Thank you. Um, I killed some vermin today. I, uh... Let's see what... I accidentally killed a sheep that was owned by someone else, and they ripped me to pieces as soon as I did that, which was my first experience with death. Impressive. Congratulations. Thank right. you. <laughs> so let's uh, introduce those guest-type people we have. And uh, this week, following in the steps of last week's guest, Jeffrey Matleff, it's another Portland, Oregon special with Jeff ah. Switch Sorensen, uh, who you've just heard there, one of our news bods at TGR, and he's also the man behind the Dangerous Kids website and podcast. So, Switch, welcome to Big... big bleh, or welcome to the show that I host, which I can't say. <laughs> Glad to be here, my very British friend. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fantastic. Thank you very much, my uh, my very American friend. So, um, you, unlike Joe and I, you haven't actually played WoW, have you? I have never played a second of World of Warcraft. I've seen it played. I've experienced it through videos and through other people's experience, sort of like through tangent, but never actually physically first person had an opportunity to play. There you go. Unlike our second guest <laughs> uh, this week, who uh, slight slightly more experienced, is uh, Cranky Gamers UK's Dits, who's not from Portland, Oregon, uh, and um, has been heading up the Charcoast show uh, with Nemo since the Cranky Shake-Up. So, uh, Dits, pleasure to have you on Big Red Potion. Yeah, it's really good to be here. Cheers for having us on. Oh, no, it's an absolute pleasure. So, uh, uh, yeah, unlike Switch, you've played a few MMOs, is that right? Um, just a few. I think I've got a list of about 20 here. <laughs> I, I, that's amazing. We were, when we were sorting out the pre-show, Dits uh, emailed me a list with all the MMO RPGs he's played, and um, it my screen wasn't big enough for it. Let's just put it that <laughs> way. So, <laughs> uh, it's quite impressive. So, this week we're going to be talking about a little game you may not have heard of by the name of World of Warcraft. With subscribers in the 12 million range, profits in the stratosphere, and Zenith seemingly unreached, WoW is the game that not only defines the MMO genre, but probably the game that even defines the allegedly faltering PC market. So why does everyone outside of WoW want to bring it down? Why do we constantly talk about a WoW killer? Does the game receive less coverage than it should from the mainstream press? Or maybe we're all talking too much about a game that is such its own beast? In short, does the game community and press look down upon World of Warcraft, and if so, why? So, uh, that's what we're going to try and answer on this week's Big Red Potion. And to start us off, we are going to talk a bit more about our individual experiences with WoW. So, just just to go back to Switch, you obviously hadn't played it before. 
Uh, and is nope. that the case for any other MMORPG? Have you not played one? Uh, no, I can't say that. Um, I am currently actually really involved in Dungeon Runners. Uh, it's sort of a, a like a joke MMO. Um, you have these little guys called bling gnomes that are dressed like rap stars that, that give you gold and, and little other trinkets and things. And um, you run around and interact with these NPCs that always have some sort of snarky sort of 20th century style sarcasm or, or, or some sort of witty retort to drop on you that is completely out of place in a game that otherwise takes place in something that's supposed to be like 12th century fantasy, you know, England countryside. I think I'm going to be checking that out now. So that's Dungeon Runners, is that right? Yeah, and you're doing things like you trade in your bow and arrow for a shotgun or a rocket launcher. <laughs> Um, you, you upgrade your armor from like leather armor to silver armor to like, I I think at one point you can pick up like some adamantium armor, which (laughs) I mean, outside of the Marvel universe, when was the last time you heard about adamantium anything, you know? So I don't know. The game is really funny and I I definitely recommend checking it out, but it's not like I don't have any MMO experience. I just, I've never played WoW and I don't really see myself picking up WoW anytime soon. And um, what what would be your reason for that? MMOs in general, and WoW in particular, now that it's been out for so long and it's had X number of expansion packs or whatever, it's just it's such a time sink. And um, I don't really judge people for playing WoW, and I, I'm not opposed to the idea of somebody really enjoying World of Warcraft. Um, but I personally feel like if I got involved in World of Warcraft, I'd be missing out on a lot of other games. Um, I don't like the idea that if if I took World of Warcraft serious enough that I would miss out on the Assassin's Creeds, the Lego Star Wars, the Bioshocks of the world. Yeah, that's similar to you, Joe, isn't it, with your MMO experience? Yeah, I mean, I've always been kind of a console guy for the most part, so I kind of really never had interest in WoW, but... um... I mean, I played it a little bit today just to be familiar with it for the podcast. Tried playing it last week, but there was about three days' worth of updates I had to download. So uh, by the time I finally got onto it, uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, for a person who's never played an MMO, it's really super easy to jump into. And I was having fun within, like, minutes of jumping into the world. They've got it down to a point where, like, anyone can just play it and enjoy it, whether or not, you know, you've liked these kind of games before. And uh, my first impression was that I was really impressed by that because I didn't expect that type of... uh, ease of use, especially for someone like me. And I tried uh, Final Fantasy uh, 11 a few years ago when it came out on 360. I, I tried the demo of it, and um, my god, I don't even know if I lasted five minutes in that game. Uh, <laughs> that was my previous only other MMO experience uh, ever. So that kind of spoiled the entire genre for me up until this point. But uh, what i played a while so far, I'm very impressed. Cool. It, it actually could be good one day, you know? It's a... <laughs> Oh, uh, I see a future. I see a future for it. Oh, man. You heard it here first on Big Red Potion. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, that is one of the things I'd say about World of Warcraft is that it's incredibly accessible. Uh, and again, uh, you, you brought up Final Fantasy XI, and definitely for me, that's that game's biggest problem was its accessibility, which uh, I'm sure Dits, considering you've played... Final Fantasy XI, World of Warcraft, every single MMO ever made. Um, 
you, you could probably expand on. I mean, what, what was your experience with WoW like? Um, wow, I was in the early beta, and I think I never really enjoyed it. I've probably resubscribed to it about five times ever since. <laughs> Just keep on going, like, you know, should I give it a go for another month? And I think I only made it to, like, level 40. And I don't know, something about the game, it just didn't didn't grab me at all. That's amazing that you said it didn't grab you, but you got to level 40. <laughs> just that. I'll just give it another day and see what happens. <laughs> I love the fact that he's on here as our MMO expert, and he, first thing out of his mouth is, oh, I never really cared for it. <laughs> I think that's the thing with World of Warcraft. If you look at the the hardcore sort of MMO players, that nobody likes WoW. You go on to any other game, and if you turn around and say WoW, that's it. You'll just get flamed straight away. <laughs> wow. But there's certainly sort of things like uh, they bring up PvP and they bring up uh, respawns and things like that, and all these very obvious, you know, terms which might be a bit alien to non-WoW players. But uh, certainly, that I've seen the same thing with hardcore players that they just they tend to go to something like Lord of the Rings or, or Warhammer or uh, games which are a bit new, actually. What, 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 what do you, what do you think that's in terms of how, how does it shape up against other MMOs for you? Um, World of Warcraft is definitely, as you say, a lot more accessible. I think you could pretty much give it to anybody, and within say five ten minutes, they would have figured out how to actually play it, where to go and kill something, and you start getting the rewards very quickly with it, and it's quite simple to use. But somebody said Final Fantasy XI, and that was like just drops you off in a town, and like I think it said something like go give a ticket to this man, and that's about it. You're sort right. of just left in the middle of a city, going, what do I do now? <laughs> Absolutely, it was. I, I, that's ex- yeah, I can remember it now. Pretty much, it was a long corridor for me. In this in this city, and there was nothing except the exit at the end of it. I was like, oh my god, what the hell's going on? Yeah, and the other things with Final Fantasy, which kind of I remember why I didn't like it compared to WoW, was that it it felt like it lacked personality, like everything was very bland and generic. Uh, all the characters kind of looked like each other. All the enemies were on in very uh, not creative in, in the way they'd been designed. And I guess a lot of people say WoW has got a lot of, a lot of personality compared to other MMOs. I, I am a bit of a graphics fiend, and even from the early days of WoW, I, I knew it wasn't it, it didn't really grab me because it didn't look that good. I never liked the cartoon style. Uh, I was more of like, I wanted to go for EverQuest or something like that, which looked a lot more gritty and a lot more real. Uh, I think that, that's the whole system specs as well, though. I think like it could work on any machine then, so pretty much anybody could run it. I mean, I kind of like it. Uh, I mean, it looks like a couple-year-old game at this point, but um, it, it's very uh, it's very friendly-looking. Like, I jumped into it. I really had no worries or anything. It, it's very uh, colorful. It's very animated. It has a certain style to it. I, it kind of goes along with some older bl- uh, Blizzard games that uh, they've always had their certain level of, of graphical style, and it, this game definitely carries that over. So going along the same lines, guys... Um, WoW has reached a level that not many other games have reached before, especially in the MMO genre. I mean, it's become this force in the world that if you're playing an MMO, you're probably playing WoW or have play, played WoW at some point, like it certainly has. Um, so what do you guys think makes WoW so special? What do you think that it, it, it puts it on this level above everything else that, um, that, that keeps it with the 12 million subscribers that it has? Um, why is it... Why is WoW the game to play if you're into MMOs? I think that not just the graphics are very, not just that the graphics are very cartoony and 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 easy to follow along, but I think the whole game itself seems to have this really accessible quality. It's almost like 
Blizzard uh, played the same card that Nintendo did in trying to appeal to a more casual market, and they found they struck gold. I can I can understand when Dit says that a lot of the hardcore MMO guys don't really care for WoW. Um, I can imagine that it's because WoW as a game isn't really trying to appeal to a hardcore audience. They're trying to appeal to a broader, more casual audience. And it seems like that's where they've found their success. They really just, ultimately, like any other business, they care about making money. So they're trying to get as big a subscriber race as they can, and it seems like it's working. I think um, Blizzard had a perfect opportunity, actually, at the time. Uh, I think it was, was it released in 2004? Yes, that's right, and, yeah. uh, and like there was not, there wasn't many MMOs around at the time. I mean, you had EverQuest, the original. And I think EQ2 was then on the horizon. I think they launched quite close to each other, and there wasn't much else out there. Not a lot of people could run EverQuest 2. So uh, again, you know, taking the lower system spec and, and a little competition, I think more people could actually get on there and play. It's, it's funny you bring up EverQuest 2 because that's the <clears> first <throat> MMO I played and I can remember them both coming out at the same time in, in that year and the reason why I switched over to WoW is, is one of the, the major reasons I feel it's been really successful is because World of Warcraft picked up on all the mistakes the other MMOs were doing at the time so you had like in EverQuest 2 they had this horrible penalty for dying where you actually lost experience so um, you'd, you'd get like um, minus 8% experience for your experience to level up and go up to a new level. So you'd have to actually bath, you know, do all the things to level up and go and get that experience again. So it felt like you were being punished every time you died way too much. And obviously, this is just one specific thing, but World of Warcraft picked up on that, picked up on all these different things, and tried to, I guess, look at what the opposition was doing and just make the best use of all the best things from they, from the other games and try and produce this amalgamation which I think they were very successful with and that's why you got this large exodus from all the established MMOs like EverQuest and Ultima and things like that to, to World of Warcraft What do you think about the Blizzard name? Do you think that brought a lot of people to the game initially? I mean Blizzard's always had this like superior level of amazing quality in all their games. Do you think like that alone is brought a lot of people in to begin with and then they all just got hooked? Uh, I wouldn't yeah, be surprised. Diablo, sorry, uh, I was just going to say Diablo was no slouch. I mean, there it had a huge following. Diablo, Diablo 2. Um, Blizzard really made a name for themselves before World of Warcraft, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's if that's where they got a lot of their initial base. Yeah, definitely. I think like games like StarCraft and Warcraft. I think Warcraft 3 was out just a little bit before. I think it, they they definitely you know were known as good game developers at the time, and a lot of the industry as well were were backing them. And it's funny, you, again, you bring up Warcraft 3, which a lot of people cite as one of the best RTS games made ever. So um, there was definitely a contingent that was waiting for something like this from Blizzard and were very excited when they produced it. Now, um, another thing is, over the last couple of years, a lot of free-to-play MMOs have been coming out. Um, there's, a, there's one, I think it's called Fusion Fall. It just came out. It's completely free-to-play. Guild Wars, I believe you have to pay for initially, but then you don't have to pay a monthly fee to keep playing it. Um, why do you think none of those have taken over WoW's space? I mean, how much does WoW charge per month? Fifteen dollars uh, American. Bucks, yeah, it's a fairly significant amount. Um, you'd think that some people would switch over to the comparable experience that some of the free ones offered. Why do you think those haven't really taken off as much as as WoW has? 
I think it's just a case of numbers. Um, if you've invested so, so much time into one game and all your friends are there as well, it's quite hard. You might have a guild with, say, 200-odd people you know and you, you're playing the game with every night. It's hard to make that change once you've made that initial investment. I think that on the other end, I mean, you can't turn anywhere without seeing some sort of World of Warcraft something or other, you know, a, a figurine or, or a deck of cards or a poster or a T-shirt. I mean, Warcraft has gotten so big, and they've made so much money that their advertising budget must be astronomical by now. Absolutely. Um, I think for me, I've played a few of the free-to-play MMOs, and I'd like to ask Dits a bit more about it. For me, they you feel like they're free for a reason, because they're not that good. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, I feel like with World of Warcraft and all these, not all of them, but the majority of the paid MMOs, you are paying what you get for, and it doesn't feel like a huge expense. Even if it is, like over the course of a year, you're you're spending a hundred dollars or a hundred pounds, whatever. Ten pounds a month doesn't feel like a huge expense. Mm. Um, some free-to-play ones, as you say, are they're not very good. Quality's not really there. But there are again, there are some which you know. I think like um, I don't know if you ever heard of Repels. That was actually. I think graphically it was up there with, with Warcraft, if not better, and some of the quests and content was all there. But again, I think it comes down to numbers and certain features which maybe aren't there. And it, it, some of these free-to-play ones do feel a bit lonely sometimes. You're sort of wandering around and there's not that many people there. And support-wise as well, it could be maybe a, a Korean game or a Japanese game. And it, to get into forums and talk to people is quite hard. I think it's also hard to argue with, like this is saying, you know, 12 million people can't be wrong. It's kind of, it's just a huge thing now. Unless you're Nazi Germany. Yeah, then then you can be wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. You know, comparing World of of Warcraft to Nazi Germany may be a bit unfair. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what I meant. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, along those same lines... uh, what type of people do you think play WoW? Are they more the Nazis that... <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Like, is it... Uh, are there people that are only playing WoW and not touching any other game out there in the world? Or are people, you know, jumping between WoW and other games? All that? Are, they, are they dedicated players? Or are they, you know, just gamers who kind of play WoW as a side thing? I have both on my staff. I mean, I have my at my podcast, the Dangerous Kids. I have both strict WoW players. I have um, I have one guy that is a reformed WoW player. He used to play it all the time, and now he's finally managed to get away from it. Um, <laughs> and then I have uh, one guy that just he play he picks it up. Sometimes he'll let his account go and then pick it up in two months or something where he left off. It, he it seems like there's in in you know in 12 million people there's a whole range of people that are stuck to it glued to it 10 hours 12 hours a day and then there's the people that pick it up an hour or two a month yeah, i think the game allows you to do that as well it's one of its strengths you don't have to you know play it to get to the final level to get to the raids or whatever you can play it at your own, at its own pace and I think you know, the people who are playing it could be business people, could be older people, could be kids, and it, it does cater for everybody there. And I think things like their merchandise you were saying before, that it sort of caters for everyone. You could buy World of Warcraft lunch boxes, or you can buy like yeah. really ultra rare things which cost say two, three hundred pounds, you know, to have as like yeah. a collector's item. So I had a really strange experience. I was on an assignment 
um, when I was working for my newspaper in college, um, I, I flew to an assignment and I was in a, like a local mall up in Spokane, Washington. And, uh, I was wearing a hat that said AFK across the back and just, you know, as a joke, like I'm away from my keyboard. So I got to wear this hat to let everybody know that I'm offline, you know? Well, so I've got this hat on and some girl stops me on an escalator and says, Hey, do you play world of Warcraft? And I said, Oh, no. I said, no, I, I don't. And she, and she actually looked down her nose at me like, like, Oh, you don't play. Wow. You're not as cool as me. Like, wow. Really? <laughs> That's, I've never had an experience like it since, but I'll never forget the way that girl looked at me. Like you don't play world of Warcraft. You must not be cool enough. You must not be in the in crowd. It's funny that you have. I mean, we we are talking about obviously about the, the kind of the reverse, but it's funny there in in World of Warcraft there is this element of belittling of other MMOs, which they they certainly the people who are playing it believe that they're playing the best MMO and that nothing else compares to it, which uh, is always a bit off-putting when you talk to these slightly obsessed people. But you know, the Nazis felt the same way. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm going to ignore that, but. Um... <laughs> So, I mean, when I when I played World of Warcraft, this is going to kind of go against what Dits was saying. I didn't ever feel like I could play it casually, and I know that says more about me than it does about the game. But what I'm trying to say is that there is the people like <clears throat> me who see a level and see the top level and think, well, that's the level I'm going to get to. They find it difficult because WoW does become a time sink, like Jeff was saying it, it could be, and that's the reason why he didn't want to play. And... For me, that was the reason why I stopped, because it had become a time sink, and I was losing time with other games, and I didn't appreciate that at all. So yeah. it felt like, I, it didn't feel like for me I could play it casually, and maybe it does cater for it, but I think some the nature of MMOs sometimes means that it can never ever really probably be casual, properly be casual. Yeah, uh, yeah I think you, I think there is, you can take these games at your own pace, definitely, but WoW doesn't have things like player housing and all sorts, which maybe you know you could take a, a sidetrack off and you know maybe hang around in your guild or your guild home or whatever. Um, but I think that, that might be more down to the type of game you are. You just want to get to the end and uh, sort of do, see the end game, basically. Right. I, I, I mean, I, as much as I completely agree, for me, there I think there are a lot of gamers who are like me because most gamers are quite competitive by nature. And I think that's why some people are apprehensive about playing WoW. I think that's sort of one of the reasons, probably one of the biggest reasons why I don't want to, I, I don't really want to get into WoW, just because, like I said, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that I would be missing out on, and it's not the fault of Blizzard, it's not the fault of the game, so much that I just know myself. I know myself as a gamer, and I know that if I got invested and involved in World of Warcraft, I would become one of those people that maybe I wouldn't necessarily lose my job or lose, you know, lose, you know, sacrifice my relationships with my family or any of those other horror stories that are out there. But I do know that getting involved in something like World of Warcraft, I would be sacrificing a lot of the other games that I like to play on other systems. I'm I'm very much an eclectic gamer. In fact, I have a, um, in fact, I call myself aggressively eclectic. Uh, I'm actively pursuing different types of games to play. Um, everything from Guitar Hero to Lego Star Wars to, you know, whatever, Bioshock, Portal. Uh, I'm always looking for something different to play, in it. and if I got into World of Warcraft, I wouldn't be able to experience that because I'd be too busy playing World of Warcraft. 
Right. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I've known people that have gone both ways. I know one person who uh, he played, he used to play Dark Age of Camelot, and then he moved on to WoW, and he's leveled, I don't even know how many, uh, double digits. He's leveled double digit amount of characters to max level and sold them. And he's collected all these rare items. He's done all these quests. He put, he's put, um, I don't even know, tens of, maybe even hundreds of thousands of hours into WoW over the past couple of years. And I know he doesn't play anything else. He bought a 360 and has not used it since launch day, I believe. Um, that's the last time he signed on to Xbox Live. Wow. Uh, and the other side, my friend Jay Winner, he, he'll play WoW one night. Next time he'll play Call of Duty. Next time he'll play something single player. He jumps between. WoW is just another game for him to play on a random night that he feels like playing it. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it. I think it can go either way, but I think the majority of the WoW players do tend to be the uh, sole WoW players rather than the casual. WoW does have a way of keeping you in as well. I think they've implemented like a game calendar and where every other day it'll say this event is on and you need to be here to get this achievement, which will then give you this special weapon. So they've got a way of keeping you in there once you're stuck. Well, there's, there are cheeky things as well, like... The double XP thing, if you are mm. offline for any amount of time, you get double XP for the amount of time you're off. So when you log back in, you've got this whole period of time you've got double XP you can play for. That, at first, seems like a way of you know saying it's alright to take some time away from the game. But when you log back in and you've got all this big experience waiting for you, <laughs> that, that you lose <laughs> the time very quickly, I found. So wow. It is clever. I think one of the weirdest things I saw, I think when they did like an invite a friend thing, and I saw a video of some guy going from level 1 to 60 in 10 minutes. Because if, if you invited um, a certain amount of friends, every time they leveled up, you'd get XP as well, or you'd gain a level. And there was basically some guy just standing in the square, just leveling up, leveling up, leveling up, because he'd invited so many friends <laughs> to join in. Wow. It was like, that's, that was just a game breaker for me. I couldn't believe that, but <laughs> it's quite cool to see. Yeah, I mean, I, it's interesting to think that you, there are how how many of these twelve million subscribers are only playing World of Warcraft. I mean, I don't, I doubt it's anywhere near all. I would probably guess something like only a third, to be honest. But even then, that's four million people only playing one game ever, which is kind of scary in my view. It's a bit worrying that, that a game can have that hold over so many people. We well, you know what really surprised me when I was doing a little bit of homework on. Um the statistics for online gaming, not specifically World of Warcraft, but just online gaming in general, there's a lot of female gamers out there. A lot more so than you would believe. I mean, a lot of people think gaming is just a boys club, that that, that something like 90% of gamers are, are, are male. Um, but on the online realm, it's actually more like 60-40. Mm -hmm. um, the Electronic Software Association was reporting that 40% um, of online gamers are female. Um, and then I was reading another statistic somewhere where they were talking about how a lot of female gamers either don't use a headset or um, play as a male character because they get harassed. I was just going to say, because the whole thing with MMOs is that people play, uh, guys play as girls all the time, including uh, yours truly, ashamedly. But, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't go around pretending I'm a girl. I just like to play as a female character. But, well, in all is... fairness and in all candor, I, I don't really particularly care to stare at a guy's ass all the time. I mean, exactly. if you look at the backside of your character all day long, I'd prefer it to be something decent to look at. I think I'm going to have to include the post where I said exactly that on my <laughs> blog. Um, but there are you know, loads of people are like that. And so obviously the girls feel that they can do the same, it just but pretend to be a guy. So right. 
and but you know we've got Xbox with its headsets. You can't get away with the same thing on Xbox Live. So um, I, that doesn't that doesn't surprise me at all. So it's kind of interesting to think that uh, maybe one of the big pulls for WoW is that it's accessible to to women more than other games we play. I don't know. It seems it seems like it. It seems it seems with um, sort of the the cutesy characters and the and the more cartoonish animation style, it seems like something that will appeal to less of the hardcore male first-person shooter crowd and more of the, you know, the the other types of gamers, the folks that have been so quiet for so long, and now they're just coming out of the woodwork. Right, and they're not kind of Soul Calibur endowed either, either. Um, <laughs> so that's always that's one of the largest complaints I hear about female characters from women is that they have unrealistic breasts and that I always find that quite funny with, with, you've got this user base of so many people playing this game and obviously the large sites like 1UP uh, like um, Games Radar, Game Daily, whatever they they had to cover this game because it's being played by so many but I t- take 1UP for example the only coverage I ever see on, on that site for WoW is on the PC specific side uh, so it's already segregated from the main page, or it's in relevance to the in reference to the new expansion packs. So they'll have something on the show talking about the, the new expansion packs. There might be a couple of shows, but that will be it. They won't return to this game, you know, and, until the next expansion pack. And that just makes me sort of think, you know, if if there are 12 million people hypothetically playing this game every single day, that's probably the same amount of people who are playing a PlayStation 3 or an Xbox every single day. I mean, that's such a large amount of people who you're not really covering. I just wonder if maybe the large sites are arguably guilty of not covering this game like they should because of whatever reason. I, I don't know. I came up in college as a journalism major. I worked for a newspaper. Um, before I got into freelance game journalism, I was more of a classic journalist. I was covering sports, news. I covered fires, protests. From a, from a news hound standpoint, um, the thing about World of Warcraft is that it doesn't change that much. There are constantly people playing. There's constantly stuff going on within the world. But outside of the World of Warcraft servers, there's not a whole whole lot that goes on unless Blizzard holds a press conference or something or they hold some sort of um, specific tournament-style event or some sort of specific, you know, LAN party or something for it. Um, the gaming world is so much bigger than this one video game. I mean, there's something like... I mean, it, in any given week, there could be upwards of 10 to 20 new games that come out across all platforms, including cell phones now. And so these news sites have to figure out what stories they're going to cover and what they're going to pay attention to. And the fact of the matter is, is, as popular and as big as World of Warcraft is, nothing much really changes from day to day until those expansion packs come out. So if it seems like they're not getting that much coverage, it's just because from, from one day to the next, it's business as usual. I'd have to counter that. Um, they were saying with the, the, I mean, Warcraft has its in-game calendar, and they've always got events and all sorts. And one of the actual good things about Warcraft is that they write their own law. Um, if you look at something like Age of Conan or Warhammer, they're sort of stuck and tied to a law. So if it's Christmas time, um, say Age of Conan, they won't do anything Christmas because they're sticking to the actual Conan law. But mm. um, Warcraft, they will write stories. You'll have Zombie Day. You'll have uh, just 
straight you know, weird festivals and all sorts of things every day and i think a lot of the mainstream press don't pick up on that and i think that's one of the pulls to the actual game i mean take for example with with one up and the games for windows podcast they would cover world of warcraft quite a lot but again it's kind of it feels like it's shoved to one side and if you're interested in wow fine you go do it but I guess that kind of makes sense, On obviously, in one sense, if, you, if your readers aren't interested in something, fine. But at the same time, this is a game, you say its popularity isn't relevant, Switch. I think it's really relevant. You've got such a large amount of people playing this game. There's, I feel like we should be talking about this, worrying about this in some ways a bit more. I don't, I don't think that it's a matter of its popularity not being relevant. Of course, 12 million people, there's obviously a relevant audience there. There's obviously readers who are interested in finding out what's happening with World of Warcraft but I think that there's but I think there's two other major factors here a um that calendar that in-game calendar people who are playing World of Warcraft know what's going on in the World of Warcraft so these news outlets don't necessarily need to be informing people if people are logging on every day and 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 finding out what's happening b um like I said, everything that happens within World of Warcraft sort of happens within the World of Warcraft servers, and it happens within the game, and it's not stuff that's happening outside in the real world. Um, and so unless there's an event that's happening in the real world where people are gathering for a convention or something, I mean, obviously that's going to get covered, but small, but events that happen inside the game um, from from a news standpoint... You can't cover that. You can't cover that stuff every single day. If you know to 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 cover each one of those events with the and give each one the same level of attention as a journalist, um, we're talking about a game that's now five years old, and covering the same thing every day for five years as a journalist, you've got to find new material. You've got to find something else to talk about. You could you could argue, on the other hand, that um, with the amount of user base that it has, it's uh, similar to a console, and some consoles have been out however many years long, and we're still talking about them every single day. But you can't compare the two because consoles are are predicated on the idea that you have other games to play. Consoles aren't just one game. Comparing the Xbox 360 to World of Warcraft is sort of like comparing a car and a tire. I disagree. Well, I'm, I'm not necessarily you saying you're talking about the games on the console, but we are talking about the console itself. Every single day, we still talk about the 360, the PS3, how its sales compare, uh, da, da 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 And then you've got this large PC user base who doesn't give a uh, monkeys who are playing World of Warcraft. And in in some ways, what's going on with those numbers is just as relevant. What's going on with the console sales, whatever. Um, right. And, and and to kind of further that thought, I'd argue that if World of Warcraft came to 360 and PS3, people would be talking about it a lot more. I think you'd see a lot more coverage on the mainstream sites, and that's why I think you're looking, you're seeing all this um, focus on things like DC Universe Online and the Agency, and people are kind of excited about the idea of a console MMO. Do you think the PCs then are still getting the short end of the stick? Just PCs in general? I think there is still this kind of. A lot of the mainstream sites are full of traditional console gamers, and. I feel like there are so many people still playing on PC, and of course you can't track the numbers, you just can't, but right. um, I don't know, what, what do you think, this? Do you think there's a bit of a negative view still towards PC gamers? Um, I think so, I think it's, it's a weird one, as you say, for actual mainstream press to cover, unless something actually big happens in-game, I think, we've had a few things come out, like the Leroy Jenkins thing, and all the, <laughs> the, the sort of big news stories that come out of it, but I think, I like... Leroy! <laughs> 
Jenkins. <laughs> I like it now. I put wow in the same place as I put the Wii in in the way of journalism. It might sound a bit strange, but you get games which get reviewed by, say, 1UP and IGN, and they get, say, 60%, but then they end up being the best-selling game for the next two months. And is it, I mean, is it that the journalists there are wrong, that it is actually a really good game, or is it that you know, the, the people who are looking at it are looking at it very differently to the same as, say, the WoW people? I mean, what, <laughs> what I'd say is that... The, First off, they don't say, obviously it's not what you're implying, but they never say WoW is a bad game. They always, mm. you get the mainstream sites and they're always giving it such high reviews. So they obviously yeah. know it's a, they know it's good and they like it. I mean, I obviously, I completely understand where you're coming from, Switch, but you say, and, and what you just said, it's about if there's not too much happening, what can you say? But I don't know if this is, maybe if I was playing World of Warcraft every day, I'd be more keen to disagree with you like that and maybe well, i think i don't know i'm sorry to cut you off but I, I think that you touched on exactly what the i think you hit the the nail right on the head when you said that um pc games pc gaming and pc gamers still sort of have this negative um context attached to them this sort of negative stereotype that comes along with being a quote-unquote gamer um and that's exactly why i started my podcast and it's exactly what we're trying to do um, there's this idea out there that being a gamer is a negative thing. Um, you know, that being a gamer means that you don't do anything else and that you don't aspire to anything else. And um, it's very evident in the mainstream. Um, here in Portland, just two months ago, we had a shooting, and the headline in the newspaper Monday morning had him labeled as a gamer right in the headline. Even though the only the only way the guy was attached to video gaming at all was that he left... He left his PS3 to his roommate and explained how to get some money out of his PS3 because he was planning on killing himself after he got after he got done shooting those people. Um, and so, so there's this there's still this mainstream idea that um, violence in video games drives people to do these violent acts, and that video games in general are an antisocial sort of um, anti-developmental habit, uh, and it's just it's so absolutely untrue, and I think that even more so than gaming in general, I think PC gamers specifically um, really get equated to that same stereotype, um, and that's that's why that's why I started Dangerous Kids is because I hate that stereotype. Um, you know, I I very much consider myself a gamer. My parents have owned a computer store since 1984. I grew up around computers and around video games. I still have my Amiga. You know, my Amiga 500 from, from 1986 or something. Um, having grown up around that, and now I have a job where I work in nightclubs, and I'm extremely social. In fact, I'm paid to be social. And I'm paid to be part of the quote-unquote cool crowd. You know? And it's it, it just seems like there's this huge clash of cultures there that just shouldn't even be there. To me, being a gamer is no different than being a moviegoer. And I think in terms of World of Warcraft, a lot of people... You know, when you walk up to someone who isn't who doesn't play video games or has this attitude about video games, you say, "Yes, I play World of Warcraft," or "Yes, I play video games." They'll look at you like, either either a, do I have to watch myself around you because you're liable to snap at any moment, or b, uh, do do you ever get out of your house? Do you ever do you ever exercise? Do you ever socialize? Do you even have a girlfriend? 
Right, and I think it's I think when you're talking about PC gamers specifically, it's B, because console gaming is obviously associated with being more social. People come around to play Street Fighter with, um, with each other, or you know, you've got right. Xbox Live. Whereas, even though World of Warcraft is intrinsically such a social game, yeah, exactly. You, you know, I mean, crazily enough, you know, you're playing with millions of people every day. Um, yeah, it, there's that negative connotation of being addicted, not getting up, but being fat. You know, that I don't know if you guys saw the South Park episode. Uh, yeah. They did. yeah, and they had that really uh, obese, horrible guy playing it. And Oddly enough, I have it recorded on my Xbox. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of ironic, I guess. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, I think there is this kind of connotation of being, a, what's the word, repressed, socially repressed gamer if you're playing yeah. World of Warcraft? It's bigotry, straight up. It's bigotry. Hmm. People, people hear the term gamer. And they immediately hate on you. They 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 think that they know you. They think that they know what you're about. They think that they know that you'll never aspire to anything, or that you'll never get laid, or whatever. And and it is so ironic because, like you said, World of Warcraft is so social. It's such a social thing that st- that it just even further breaks down that stereotype. It's it's ridiculous. So I mean, this as a as a keen MMORPG player, obviously you you. No, must know a lot of people who play MMOs. Do you, is there that kind of feeling amongst them as well that maybe MMO players are getting a negative kind of stick from the press because of the fact that they are MMO players? I think within game it's relatively ignored. Um, I think if, if you look at how these games are played, especially with all end content or just group instances and things like that, there are no other games out there where you can, you know, take 24 people or 30 people all into one dungeon and you know everybody's got a role to play. And if one one person doesn't do their role right, you know the rest suffer. So you have to work together. You have to, you know, use programs like Ventrilo or Teamspeak, and you, know, you have to you have to communicate and tell you know, talk to each other and say, you know, you go after this person, you go after that part, person. It's a lot more social than a you know, a hell of a lot of games out there. It's just that the mainstream, as you say, don't see it like that. A lot of console players specifically don't really understand what the MMO players are all about. Like my, me personally, I've never played one, so I never really knew what it was like to play this one game all the time. And of course, there's the the South Parks and the other parodies out there that paint MMO players in a certain way. And of course, people start to think that that's how it, it really is. I think it's more just not understanding what the typical MMO player is all about and not understanding that they, you know, uh, they might be these people that just don't have the money to buy a whole lot of games or that don't want to buy a lot of games. They want to play something casual with a bunch of friends, something like WoW, where they could just jump into it and do a couple quests, level up a couple times, then move on. Um, I think it's just, it's just a misconception within the public about MMOers at large. And I think uh, the bigger these damn things get, the more... Uh, you know, the more accepted they will be in the in the whole gamer market and in the world at large. I don't know. Just on the other hand, just on WoW specifically in terms of the MMO RPG genre, do you think people are just tired of it because at the end of the day, it's been going on like Switch said for five years? Uh, is it good for one game to be defining its genre, lasting so long, be sucking up all the audience? It's not healthy. It's definitely not healthy for the genre. I think people might look at it and think, oh, you know, what are they going to do next and wait for their own innovations. But it, it's for one game to rule them all, basically. It's it's not the best. It's not healthy for the genre at all, in my eyes. Right. Well, you know what lasted for almost 10 years is Nazi Germany. 
So if anyone from Blizzard got... wants to send their hate mail onto Switch, I'll, I'll provide the address. That's it's, fine. Yeah, switch, switch at DangerousKids.net. Send your hate mail to Switch at DangerousKids.net. No, honestly, it's, you know, but but then again, people eventually got sick of the Nazis too. I mean, <laughs> what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to say is that um, with the expansion packs and with the uh, the new content, um, I think that Blizzard has done a really great job of keeping Warcraft fresh and and keeping content up so that people don't get too tired of it. I think that if people were going to get tired of it, they would have gotten tired of it a lot sooner than five years in. But isn't this kind of how it's always been with the MMO? I mean, how long did EverQuest dominate this space? A, a decade, possibly? Uh, until WoW came along, pretty much, is when EverQuest's reign came to an end. Uh, isn't this just kind of the way the MMO goes? People stick with what they know, and they do that until the next big thing comes along. I mean, won't um, I mean, won't the most of the people who play WoW with the next one that they move on to be the the sequel to WoW, Blizzard's next MMO, or something like that? I mean, do you think that the MMO genre is different than every other genre in that respect? In that respect, or is it just that's just the way it's been? Personally, I'm looking forward to Star Wars: The Old Republic. Yeah, uh, it looks good. When so that far. comes out, when that comes out, I'm gonna break down and I'm gonna start paying fifteen a month or whatever they want. I don't care what they want. I'm gonna pay it. <laughs> I'm just a giant Star Wars nerd, and and uh, you know, as as much as I've stayed away from WoW because I know I knew that it was gonna consume me. Um, Lucas can have my money. <laughs> as long as it's hey. better than Galaxies. Yes, Ooh. as long as I get to play with a lightsaber, they can have it. Wasn't that one of the things they said in the in the press release? Everyone will get a lightsaber. I mean, I, what what you're saying, Joe, I don't know if that's necessarily true because you have to remember when EverQuest was out, there really wasn't much else out. Um, but now you're in a situation with World of Warcraft where there are so many MMOs trying to knock it off its place. You know, you had Conan, Lord of the Rings Online, Warhammer, all, um, City of Heroes, EverQuest 2. There are lots of MMOs now and free-to-play MMOs, but nothing can steal the throne from World of Warcraft. And like you rightly say, the only thing that probably will kill WoW is WoW 2, if they ever make it, which I, I don't know if they... I don't know. Do they have to? I'm not sure, really. I think that WoW, like I said, because they keep changing it, it's going to be one of those things that I don't think it's really going to get killed off. I don't think that there's going to be some big monster game that steps in and just muscles World of Warcraft out from the top spot. I think that if anything does happen to World of Warcraft, it'll it'll eventually just sort of slowly fade away. I mean, this is the thing that I think oh, I'm, there's only so much you can keep plying this thing with expansion packs and saying, "Here you go, here's some new stuff." And yeah. at, at the same time, I'm sure all the World of Warcraft players are going, "It's nice, don't get me wrong, but it's it doesn't feel new." Um, so I think the thing is why people constantly search and talk about a WoW killer is because people in, who are making the decisions don't believe that 12 million is the zenith for this market. That They think that you know you could get numbers approaching 20, 30, 40, 50. It's just Ooh. about finding the game that can do it. And yeah. I think a lot of people think that the fantasy setting for World of Warcraft isn't the setting to do it. And maybe it is something like Star Wars, which will get, you know, grab in more of the um, expanded audience we keep talking about with gaming. If they can do it right, but they had a Star Wars Galaxy MMO that that didn't last very long. It <laughs> no, failed but, uh, did fairly you get to play miserably. It this? 
Yeah, I did get to play that. I was, I was only, I think, <laughs> I think it was only a thirty-day trial on this one, so it wasn't ah. extensive. Was that just a but... rhetorical question? I just asked. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I played everything. <laughs> he but just yeah, played they the free month. Broke that game. The, I think you could end up with like Chewbacca with a lightsaber. Like everybody could be a Jedi, <laughs> which just didn't work yeah. at all. Yeah. That actually sounds kind of rad, though. <laughs> Are you saying about the uh, sorry? You saying about the WoW killer? And I think over the past year we've had two big releases actually for MMOs. We had, we had um, Age of Conan and uh, Warhammer Online, and I think in effect they killed themselves before they even started because uh, there was so much hype behind them. I think Age of Conan got a million subscribers in the first few weeks, but the game just wasn't ready. Um, you'd get to like level 20 and then quests would run out. And things are with uh, Warhammer Online. They were all this big, we're going to kill WoW, we're going to kill WoW. And I think they launched with about 25, 30 servers. But if you go on there now, there's literally five or six servers because they overshot the mark. Lord of the Rings did the same thing. They, they, were, they were going after WoW when they came out with Lord of the Rings like two years ago. And Lord of the Rings, I have a friend of mine that still plays Lord of the Rings Online, but she's literally the only one I know. Mm-hmm. I Everybody else got, put it down. I think it's actually got quite a healthy relatively healthy amount of subscribers I, I'm not sure I think it might be in the kind of one to two million range which isn't bad when you consider yeah. how many of them flounder to about a hundred thousand within a, a year so yeah um, that's not 15 no <laughs> <laughs> I no. think the perfect model is to look at something like EVE Online or which I think it's only got maybe a hundred thousand two hundred thousand people but it's been there I think it's been around longer now than WoW and it's just constantly sat there, made money. The company's perfectly happy. It doesn't want to be wow. It's just existing and making good money for the company. And it's starting to turn a profit. Yeah, and it started to finally flit into the mainstream sort of um, discussion. There was a lot of discussion on the Giant Bomb podcast because they just picked up on, on the whole thing with Eve. That the whole stick with Eve is that you can do anything in it. And, you know, you can, they were talking about something that occurred, I think some guys raided the biggest bank in the whole of EVE, and uh, then they had an amount of money, which actually, if they exchanged it for real life money, was quite a lot, it was something like forty or Mm -hmm. $50,000, and it's it's something like that, which sticks out from what WoW is, it's going to be the thing that will, I think, not necessarily kill WoW, but will produce something different, an option away from WoW. Um... But I, I didn't, the, the press does seem obsessed with the idea of a WoW killer, though. That's just like marketing, though. I mean, if you, a couple of years ago, they were looking for the Halo killer, and they said, oh, Killzone's going to be the Halo killer, or Brute Force is going to be the Halo killer. <laughs> and then, I mean, then it went on to uh, the Gran Turismo killer. It was Forza. was the big Gran Turismo killer. And now they're looking for the Wii Sports killer with all this crap that keeps coming out on the Wii. I mean, so, Joe, do you think it's just, it's just because WoW is on top, that's why everybody's gunning for it? Yeah, I think it's marketing. I think they're saying, hey, you know what? We can compare our game favorably to this game. We can try and, and beat this game, knock it off the top, even though there's probably not a chance that it can happen. And they get their press for saying this stuff, and it you know gets them some notice. And when they actually come out and it isn't as good, it you know kind of plummets pretty quickly. But at least they're, they're trying. They're trying to top the, the top dog. Yeah. I can only see, wow, I mean, not wow will never go. But well, I can see a dent being made in it when the MMOs come to the consoles. If, if say, your Xbox Live subscription, that came with an MMO you could play, I think that would take numbers. You know, people would be on that all day long. So a Call of Duty MMO. 
That would mm. be crazy good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally agree. I think that's that's probably where it is going to go is the console MMOs, and that's why people go and go crazy about the idea of Blizzard bringing World of Warcraft to the consoles. And I just wonder if it was on PS3 and 360, what would its numbers be like? And like, I don't know. It could be insane. Then we'd be talking about WoW every single day. <laughs> but did they have anything yet? I mean, I know they've tried a couple of different console MMOs. Do they have anything that's been successful? Final Fantasy came and didn't do very well, did it? No. And no. Quest on PS2 did nothing either. Fantasy Star Universe, that was rubbish. Yeah, that was nuts. Um No, nothing's worked. I don't know if the console yeah. market just doesn't want it. The only one whatever worked for me, and it's the one what got me into MMOs, was Fantasy Star Online for the Dreamcast. I yeah. clocked over 500 hours on that on dial-up. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, was my, that popped my cherry, that game. <laughs> I think that's more than anyone else used a Dreamcast ever. Um, hey! <laughs> sorry, hey. sorry, sorry. Cheap shot, I've I always, I've always wanted to go on a gaming podcast and call another guy a nerd. Just, it was always something I wanted to do. Now I've, now I've realized that you dream. Thank you, for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, so I think on that note, it's probably a good time to call this discussion to a close. I think the kind of general consensus I'm getting from all of you is that you don't really feel like there is going to be something to challenge WoW, and that really, at the end of the day, is so independent that it kind of germinates this independent view from the mainstream press, which probably isn't going to change. And Maybe when it comes to consoles, everything is going to change for the MMO market, but... Uh, that remains to be seen. Let's go to some plugs and shout-outs. So, Jeff, how about you uh, tell us all about that Dangerous Kids podcast and website? <laughs> Dangerous Kids. Um, actually, uh, it was my very British friend here that it, that told me the other night that Dangerous Kids is now on the uh, new and notable list on iTunes. And um, we're only about seven episodes in, so I'm kind of proud of the fact that you know we're only two months in, and we've already we've already got a few hundred listeners together, and uh, we're going up and up and up all the time. I'm really excited. Um, Dangerous Kids itself, really, like I said before in, earlier on the show, we're just we're kind of all about um, breaking down that stereotype and and sort of identifying the way that mainstream treats gaming and. Uh, sort of combating those ideas. Uh, we call ourselves dangerous kids because there's a lot of people out there that think that video games make kids dangerous or childish. And the simple fact is that neither is true. Um, all of us dangerous kids have jobs. We all have social lives. Um, you know, we all we all very much lead productive, you know, lives in general. And and there's no reason. For someone to think that, um, you know, because we play video games for fun and because that's how we choose to entertain ourselves, that we're, you know, uh, losers. <laughs> uh, Steph, uh, yeah, I'll pass on a recommendation as well, definitely, for Switch's podcast. So um, do you want to um, hand out a URL for people who will be interested? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry. Um, the, the website is DangerousKids.net. Um, I can be reached at Switch at DangerousKids.net. And um, I have a I have a group of about five friends together, and uh, we sort of rotate out on our show. We rotate around uh, just different combinations of of these friends of mine that, um, and we talk we tackled sort of different social topics, both mainstream social topics as well as gaming social topics. And um, 
And then we do news. We do we uh we have sort of like a weekend update Saturday Night Live style news bit that we do um, on our shows now that a lot of people seem to like. So I think we're gonna keep going with that. But uh, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. Um, we spent a lot of time making fun of people, like that whole Nazi thing. I don't know where I came up with that. I decided to run with it today, but I, I certainly don't think that World of Warcraft compares to Nazi Germany. <laughs> I'd just like to clarify that Big Red Potion doesn't necessarily support the views of any of its guests, and if you'd like to pass on any hate mail, please make sure you do it to switch. <laughs> so, <laughs> dits, <laughs> after, after that um, dishonorable abandonment of our guest. <laughs> Thank you for that. You're welcome. I feel, I feel dishonored. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, do you want to give a little plug out for the site you work for? Yeah, uh, firstly, I'd just like to say thank you for having me on here. Oh, it's uh, been a pleasure, mate. It's been a pleasure. Uh, the website I'm from is crankygamersuk.com. Um, it's just a really friendly bunch of gamers, basically. We've got things like Gamer, gamer Nights, and, and we have competitions and all sorts on there. Just It's a real fun, friendly place just to hang out, chat on forums, and talk to you know, a good bunch of guys and play some games with. Well, now, if you guys are all friendly, your name isn't very appropriate now, is it? What's up with my name? <laughs> this means something no, I mean, American, I mean, doesn't if, it? If, if you're calling it? No, no, no. I mean, if you're calling uh, the site cranky, cranky gamer, but you guys are all a friendly bunch. Yeah, we're a little bit disgruntled, I guess. <laughs> disgruntled gamers are probably best. <laughs> so you've been a, you've been very nice to talk to, man. I've enjoyed this. Cranky, but not really gamers. Does that maybe work? <laughs> cranky, UK. <okay. laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, not that we need to hand out the URL any more than we have already on this show. I think you've we've had, had quite, a few, person, quite a few <laughs> cranky gamers, but um, I'll, I'll give them another recommendation because they are going through a bit of a change at the moment. And uh, one of the new things that's been happening is the new shows you've been doing with Nemo, which uh, the, the Chartcast shows, which I think have been really, really good. And uh, there's a whole bunch of new things going on. It's quite exciting at the moment, isn't it? It is. It is really good. And yeah, we've got the chart show, we've got the new show, and we've got a replay show where we'll go back and have a look at sort of original launch titles for systems and you know, getting people to play them as gamer nights, and then we'll review them on a show and just have a look how things have changed. So yeah, it's it's been it's been really good fun. A lot of changes at the moment, but we're enjoying it. There's definitely a healthy bunch of people who play WoW on that uh, forum. So <laughs> yeah, I think there's like a 20-page forum thread on there. So. Before we go, Joe, as always, your closing thought for this week. Uh, well, I got another five days left in my WoW trial, so I'm going to be uh, going to be running around Elwyn Forest with my level three warrior. So if anyone wants to come on, look for Vanderhuge. Okay. At least we have chicken. Uh, <laughs> at least we have chicken. <laughs> throw that in there at the end. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Big Red Potion, brought to you as part of the Game On network of podcasts from thegamereviews.com, home to unbiased thoughts from a community of gamers. You can find more about the podcast at bigredpotion.com, with links to previous shows and forum threads where you can continue the discussion. You can follow show updates through Twitter by following either myself at twitter.com slash shoinan, S-H-O-I-N-A-N, or Joe at twitter.com slash slamvanderhuge, slam, V-A-N-D-E-R, huge. All that's left to do is thank the man behind the theme tune, Derek K. Miller. Derek, take us out with washing off like an aardvark.